So uh, during the uh, middle of the month, I think it was the second or third uh, Wednesday of October of 2022, mm-hmm. I put out the Scooby-Doo episode. But the thing is that we actually recorded that episode on the 2nd of October and then it was two days afterwards that the whole Velma being a lesbian thing mm. blew up the internet, which is why yeah. we didn't mention it at all in that episode. It just happened to be. We didn't know. We were days away from not, you know, from finding out. Yeah. And so uh, they put it up on HBO Max. So Todd and I watched it. Uh, originally, I, I wanted to talk about something else. But really quick, I did want to comment and, and do like a little mini review of the film before mm. we get to the main topic. Okay. Uh, which is that I, I I was kind of just expecting it to be like, like most of the straight-to-DVD Scooby-Doo films. Like some of them will kind of add more supernatural elements in there like Zombie Island and Alien Invaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, uh, um, in this one though, it was like super meta. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and just too, cause so like, it turns out the Coco Diablo character who Velma has a crush on is actually like the designer of all the costumes and is somehow like the head of a criminal syndicate. That's never really terribly well explained, which I guess that's going to be due for you. Oh yeah. 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 Um, and I thought it had some some clever stuff in the beginning. I felt like towards the end, it started getting a little long in the tooth, especially when they, they finally did the big reveal of who the mastermind was. That That's when it car- started, started getting kind of, uh, you know, callbacky, yeah. kind of playing on nostalgia. Not of- just that, too, but also to me, I was like after they did the reveal of who was behind the mystery, I thought everything after that was just kind of boring. Well, like kind of like epilogue fluff stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, honestly, it, it felt like the film just kept going after that point for myself um, personally. Yeah, yeah, like the whole thing with the criminals getting out and then they have to catch them and, and, and they kept doing this thing with the costumes where they're, they're, the costume is donned by one of the Mystery Inc. persons and Mystery Inc. characters and uh, and they meet uh, one of the villains that had donned that costume, right? So they're kind of like, just kind of a long epilogue of nostalgia, I guess they were coming to. So it was kind of getting uh, not very good at that part. Yeah. And then also, too, it ended in this really just utterly bizarre way, too. So, yeah. So it was kind of a callback to basically what started the mystery, which is that. So the premise is that. So after they've taken down uh, Coco Diablo, who turns out is like the designer for all the costumes, which, by the way, too, one of the things that we made fun of in in our uh, discussion about Scooby-Doo was how like somehow putting on a, a costume gives you superpowers. <laughs> and this kind of retconned it to say, yes, in fact, it does. Gi- they do give you superpowers. These super advanced suits that Coco designs. Yeah. Yes. And that's how they explain it is that is that Coco makes it so that the suit is a powerful. It's not just a costume. Is that how they explain it? Like, yeah. Like she gives them. I don't know what exactly, but some kind of devices inside or yeah. chemicals. Yeah, yeah or... I don't think it really mattered all that much. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that plot hole explained. <laughs> Why the mummy could just bust through a fucking door. Yeah. Like it's nothing. Right. Well, that... apparently wearing that costume really does make it nothing. Well, in later iterations, like what's new Scooby-Doo, they do kind of explain sometimes like, oh, this, this one was like a pyrotechnic uh a- a- animatronic suit or something right 
Sometimes they explained it in later iterations. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, kind of meta jokes in a Scooby-Doo episode that I can recall was in uh, Mystery Incorporated. Um, There was something about like, it was one of those ones where they did kind of a twist where it turned out like one of the people in costumes was actually a good guy. But then there was one that was indeed a bad guy. And then the Mystery crew asks like, how are you two flying? And then just with a straightforward face, the uh the good guy goes well jetpacks of course <laughs> <laughs> even if it's totally unrealistic but yeah. just shoehorn that in yeah 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 as a <laughs> i mean it's so funny too because i remember uh the the one that preceded that one be cool scooby-doo at first people thought that because they said it was going to be more comedic that one was going to be more of a parody of scooby-doo yeah but the thing is mystery incorporated which like people like to give credit for being a little bit darker than other scooby-doo series also, that one was kind of the, the series that like really like kind of did a lot of meta stuff with the formula. And I'd say a lot better than this movie did as it, well. In Be in be Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that one was also about like kind of explaining uh, in its own ridiculous way about like why there are mysteries in the world where people are dressing up in costumes and stuff like that. Oh, uh, briefly, how do they explain it? Uh, without getting too sidetracked, it, it has to do with like the, the season finale and supernatural stuff and something uh, about how in the context of that show, it's, it's like a recurring theme throughout history that like various mystery teams will pop up to solve mysteries and uh, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I see. I don't know. You can say that you're such a Scooby-Doo fan and you've never seen that show. I, I've only seen little bits of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like uh, an avid yeah person that has seen every episode of. I'm but, cer- certainly not in that category. But uh, uh, yeah. So so that was uh, Scooby Doo uh, Trick or Treat. But so so getting to what I really wanted to talk about though is that so you asked me off mic, like why even before this movie people had made jokes about uh, Velma being a lesbian. Yeah. Want to explain on why that's a question? Expand on why that's a question to you, or are you just gonna say yeah? Oh, sorry. Um, so I guess um, I mean to me, especially based on the original series, and even even all the way up through until uh, Mystery Incorporated, when they introduce hot dog water and all that. So so all the way until that series. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it just seems like, oh, well, Velma is the nerdy one, the geeky one, the kind of the bookish one. And and yeah, I mean, I guess she does have shorter hair. And, and maybe you could say that, um, a, you know, a lesbian is going to be more likely to be a non-girly girl, I suppose. Right. Because Velma is not a girly girl. So I don't know if that's why people saw that. But to me, it doesn't it doesn't have to be that right it can just be that she's a bookish person and and if she did marry uh it would be a guy that would be bookish but of course in in the scooby-doo formula they don't want anything like that because they're not they can't be tied down like that they have to be continually uh available for mysteries so they can't move on too much Um, yeah as a straight man talking to another straight man well (laughs) i don't know if you listen to a lifetime of crushes that might be questionable but uh, <laughs> as, as a straight man talking to another another man who identifies as a straight man, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I probably should not be the one explaining this, but I'm the best you got. So, well, it, it's acceptable. 
<laughs> yeah, and so the way I explained it to him off mic is that, you know, uh, like people, they just kind of right identify certain personality types, right, as being similar to either people they know or even see those things in themselves. And I, I am kind of of the opinion, right? Like, I think it is, th- this is where it kind of gets like, a little, you know, like I'm worried I might be talking about like stereotyping a bit, but it's like at the same time too, I think there is a certain truth to some, uh, to like some stereotypes, particularly like personality ones, even they either say something about the people perceiving them or even sometimes too about those groups themselves. But of course they're often exaggerated. Mm -hmm. And yet too, it's like, you know, this has been a thing, right? That like, you know, people in the queer community like they identify with certain characters because those characters like seem to remind them of themselves okay and if you recall i i showed you that uh one ted talks video that was talking about how being gay is, isn't about sex it's about survival oh. remember the guy who was talking about how his son was gay and and he was talking about how it's it's like kind of indicative of personality traits and how uh how people who are are gay are twice as likely to be in gifted programs. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And so that's what I mean, that people kind of either identify, you know, similar traits like, oh, I know a girl kind of like Velma or they say, I kind of am a girl like Velma. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's where those those kind of jokes come from. And then eventually too, you know, the writers just go full on. Well, why don't we just go all the way? There's a similar thing happened too with the Snagglepuss comic that came out a few years ago where, yeah, where, you know, the author uh, who actually also wrote the Flintstones comics. He, uh, uh, Todd happens to have my com- uh, copy, uh, Mark Russell. Yeah. Mark Russell. That's the, the author of both the Flintstones and uh, Snagglepuss DC comics. He was like, yeah, everyone has always kind of made fun of Snagglepuss for being like, you know, an effeminate pink lion. Therefore, he's gay. So he's like, well, why don't we just embrace that? What That was a thing that people would say about Snagglepuss? Have you ever watched a Snagglepuss cartoon? Yeah. <laughs> or at least seen clips of it. Yeah. So he, I he, mean, he has like a black bow tie and he has cufflinks. Yes, like a Chippendale dancer. Oh. But, I mean, you know, like, his his mannerisms and stuff like that, right? Heavens to Murgatory and, and all that stuff. Oh. And he was based on the, the guy who played um the Cowardly Lion in... in uh, uh, Wizard of Oz? Yes, which, of course, too, has its own connection to the whole Friends of Dorothy thing as well. Right. So, but, but when <laughs> Hanna-Barbera made... Uh, Snagglepuss, were they actually drawing on an innuendo of that? or Well, just... that, that gets to the thing, right? Where it's like, you know, like I'm saying, maybe the authors aren't necessarily thinking like, oh, Snagglepuss is gay. Yeah. But they are kind of, you know, drawing on, on you know, like that kind of personality type. And maybe, doing, okay. you know, something that, that is more exaggerated and stuff like that, too. Because like... I know that's that tends to be the stereotype, but I myself personally like the gay guys I've met. I, I've I've never met anyone who's like super effeminate, like they are, I, like they are uh, personally in, in uh, portrayed in like media and stuff like that. I mean, some of them might might you know have a fem, uh, like act like. But they, I've never met anyone who's like you know like they they say flaming gay guy. 
Oh, right. I've never met anyone who's like just a, the stereotype out of a out of a bad '90s movie. I, that seems like that's not very common. I mean, that probably does occur, but it's probably like the extreme example. Yeah, and so that uh, also gets to to the whole thing about then. See, that's like you know basically like heterosexual writers trying to write gay characters and and stuff like that, even if they're not necessarily knowing that they're writing gay characters. And then, of course, exaggerating or even to, like I said, with the bad 90s characterization, they are trying to draw a 90s character and give representation without really being considerate of, you know, the community and how they want to be portrayed. Well, certainly at that time, too, like, I mean, that was toward the beginning of injecting that into media, right? I'm just so think, was... I'm just thinking though about how you didn't know the whole Snagglepuss thing. This is like why, you know, basically all this stuff has always been around, just happening under your, right under your conservative noses. And now we're just doing it, putting it right in front of your faces. And that's why you're angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Well, well and, and certainly it is true that it was always happening but conservatives preferred that it would be underplayed and kind of not not promoted, right? Kind yeah. of suppressed. Yeah, like I gotta say, dude. Like you know, for as much as I'm I'm saying, like, oh, we shouldn't be, uh, we should have to be care- careful of stereotyping people. You are like the biggest stereotype of the naive American Christian. <laughs> I'm like, oh. There was nothing going wrong with the churches. What do you mean? Oh my god! <laughs> like that act. That that act. What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean? Ricky Martin is gay. He's not okay. Oh my god! <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a bit right when it comes out on the news, right? At, yeah. at someone decades before. It's like what. Yeah, what? I guess yes. I guess you are a walking stereotype when I think about it. But I <laughs> and and so Snagglepuss, I did not. I did you know I was I guess dense enough on that that I didn't know that. I did know. I remember you talking about the comic. Of course, it is they do do it overtly there. But I should say that Weekenders, right? I mean, I am somewhat cognizant enough, or maybe this is not that much cognizant, but. Um, I know that lore is kind of the tomboy, and I know that tomboys sometimes are said to be, you know, the the stereotype or a stereotype of that, right? But it doesn't have to be. Right? I, but I am aware bi. of that. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm just making jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so that that I know, I know that, but that, that that's everyone knows that, I guess, right? That's kind of that's base. If if you're you, you once told me that your your mom has like an out gay friend. If he never told you that, would you even be? Uh, would you be like none the wiser? Um. Wait. You mean? Oh. Oh. You mean? Uh. The friend. You yeah. Mean, would I know that the friend was? Yeah. If he if he just never told you. Uh. I think I would kind of let's see. Am I smart enough to? Well, he he does have a little bit of effeminacy. Mm-hmm. Okay, go in, on. In his voice. Yeah, and, just be honest. Um, don't don't, don't, don't ma- hold back. I mean, not not a high level, but voice and mannerisms. Yeah, this is what I mean. I would right? say, like, it, it's never like that super high no. stereotype that straight people write. Yeah, I mean that that kind of thing is like like actually in Gurren Lagann, if I can use that, mm-hmm. um, in there they have a character that is like is is very overtly, you know, he's got. He's got uh, what do you call it? Eye makeup, and and it's not even like black. It's like it's like teal color or something. And and he he's 
he kind of uh, hits on the 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 one of the main male characters. So it's like very overt. It's like super overt. Yeah, I, I will say. So the anime One Punch Man, I, I love that mm. show. But one of the things that like even when I rewatch it now still kind of makes me uncomfortable considering to how how modern it, that show is. Yeah. Um, is there's a, a character who is uh, he's like a hero that's in prison called Puri Puri Prisoner. And so he's like a really masculine guy for the most part. Like he's got big muscles and stuff like that, but then he acts very effeminate uh, and he's got like a very effeminate face, mm-hmm. uh, even though he's got a, uh, like a five o'clock shadow all the time. But the thing huh. that makes it deeply uncomfortable, and this is even more so confirmed in, in like a little extra chapter in, in the mangas, is that he, the reason he stays in prison is to rape other prisoners. What? Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah, and it's like, that's just way... It's just, what? Yeah, that's not okay, that, I can't that believe... character. Why would they insert that? Because I think the author is just from a different generation. I mean, uh... I, I don't know how old he actually is, but that, that certainly... That character kind of gives you a clue. And, and I don't think, you know, when it goes to the thing where it's like, I don't think he's intentionally being malicious, but that's also a really bad thing to perpetuate. Well, and, and, and also, even if it wasn't like necessarily a, a, uh, a gay thing, right? Even just the idea that he's staying in prison to rape people is like, whoa, like, okay, yeah, like that's just by itself. That's like, what? in the world like is this i don't even know if that would fit in an adult swim well i mean i think the show did air and it did air on the anime block of adult swim i I might be wrong about that but i believe it did but but even in another one like rick and morty like wouldn't that be a little bit too far you think yeah i I think so i mean granted too that's what i mean because japan has their own different values though but yeah so so anyways though have i have i thoroughly explained to you though why uh, why people tend to identify Velma as lesbian? Yeah, yeah. And can I, can I, let me, let me pose this theory and see what you think. So, so especially in the before time, like before the 2010s, when it started having, well, actually, sorry, the 90s, of course, like you said, in in live action, but in animation, it started in the 2010s, right, when LGBT started coming in overtly. Yeah. But, but let's say before all that. Uh, is what was happening that audience members who were of that group, were they trying to look for characters who might be subliminally uh, LGBT? That's exactly is, is what, that what, that's what this whole that's conversation... What, that's what you're saying. That's what this whole conversation has been about. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess, I guess last thing to, to um, note about the Velma thing. So I will also say, too, the weird thing about uh, Mystery Incorporated is that at the beginning of the show, she's actually dating Shaggy. So there's yes. there's a good case to be made there that in that particular continuity, she's actually bi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, also, too, shortly after the whole controversy with this movie uh, hit the Internet, uh, James Gunn, who was the writer on the Scooby-Doo films, uh, he did say that he like wrote Velma as a lesbian. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't know to quite extent what that means. I haven't seen those movies in years if he just means that. Once again, he, he just wrote it with the idea that like, oh, Velma's a lesbian, even if she's not going to hook up with any women. Like you could read it that way, even though it's not overtly said. Yeah. Okay. Like that's well, like in the sense that, that you know, him as the writer, that's how he's writing the character. Um, oh, that's how he, he's conceiving of it as he's writing the dialogue. And, yeah. Okay. So whenever that formula was or that that theory was created, 
obviously Gunn was knowledgeable of it himself. I mean, those movies came out in what, like the early 2000s? So, right. I mean, by that point, like there had already been like 30 years of jokes. Yeah. Had piled up. Yeah. 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 Um, but so, so yeah, though, there, there's your kind of little explanation though about why it doesn't just happen with the Velma character, but it happens with characters all throughout media where, you know, if people just kind of see something of themselves in that character, or, yes. or even to, like I said, other people see something of like a friend, friend like Velma in, in that character. P- people are looking for representation in their media, even if it's not overt. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and I mean, to me, too, this goes back to my whole thing as well, which is why I do think that, like, like once again, too, I think that, like, sexuality can also be indicative of of certain kind of personalities. Because, I mean, for myself, I find, like, generally, I just have an easier time getting along with bisexual women, especially when it comes to dating. Mm-hmm. Like, most of the people I've, uh, women I've dated uh, identify either as pansexual or bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what that says about me that like very, very few women I date, uh, are, are straight. (laughs) Maybe subconsciously you want a woman that's more like open to possibilities or more, just more open in general or Uh, something like that. Yeah, possibly. But, but like I'm saying, there's something about my personality that Mm kind of mixes better, uh, with that. And then also too, have you ever considered maybe the reason why you can't date in your Catholic church is because you also just don't mesh well with. Uh, with straight women, straight women are too, they, they just have too much of a, of a straightforward kind of thinking, I guess you could say. It, I think that's possible. I think I am kind of a nonconformist and, and kind of, you know, I, I'm definitely kind of on the slightly geeky side as well, uh, I would say. And so I would, it would have to be someone that is also geeky and like would, like would enjoy, for example, watching like, like one of my things is like watching intros to shows. <laughs> just by the by itself right so that's kind of strange and even watching uh like channel idents mm-hmm. you know what i mean so so really what i'm getting so, from this yeah. conversation is that basically the thing that's going to hold you back from ever dating is that you basically discriminate against all the women who you'd be likely to fall in love with um yeah i mean i think by osmosis i think that's what's happening N- maybe not necessarily like i'm overtly like trying to avoid per se certain you know regular women but i guess it just happens to be that that's what my personality leads to or what my what where i where i my happiness is yeah your your sex like life is doomed 